our clients in this time have been fucking amazing. Like, they've sent food to us. They've sent, like, macaroons. They've, like, they've bought memberships for dogs that haven't been born yet, you know? Yeah, wow. Like, it's just, it's like they've, they've continued to pay membership because we've got, the way that our uh, structure is, is we have a pay-as-you-go where you just pay on the day or you can sign up for a membership. And we've got a 12-month membership or a lifetime of your dog membership, right? So they're the sort of three options that we have. <clears throat> People are paying for memberships when they can't train. Like we mm. haven't trained since March. And I'm yeah. like, hey, do you guys want to put this on hold? And they're like, no, nah, we're good. Like we'll just nice. keep paying. Like, I'm That's working. Awesome. Like it's just that's a good testament to you guys, man, and yeah. where your heart and soul is at. That's your faith amazing. in people, eh? Yeah, and it, like it really, like it's really touching. It's it's very it's very humbling, but um, but it's also a testament to your I, I the community why. that you've built and the yeah. work that you've done. You know that wouldn't just happen exactly. like overnight. Mm. Welcome to Life With Your Dog podcast. Our focus is educating dog owners, enthusiasts and dog trainers about ideas on how to train, manage, live and thrive with our dogs. To teach dogs to live in our society while our dogs teach us how to live in the now. I'm your host Panos Anagnostou. And I'm your co-host Luke Badman. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of Life With Your Dog. We have a guest today, Brent. Good to have you on. How are you, brother? I'm really good, Panos, and nice to meet you too, Luke. That's it, um, bro. Yeah, I'm good, man. Kicking it down in Melbourne, so everything's going all right. Perfect, perfect. You know what? We, we, we're feeling it yeah, because in Sydney we're, we're kind of chilling as, as, as it's everyday life and we're just chatting before we started recording is that, you know, obviously they've increased your or, or extended the, the lockdown there. So it's good to see that you've got a smile on your face and, and you're feeling positive and it's um, all about per- perspective, right? I was just saying before, so it's good to hear, bro. Yeah. Yeah, it is, mate. Yeah. it's. Um, I think everybody in Melbourne's probably very much over it, but, you know, for me, it's very interesting. I've had uh, a couple of clients. So I'm back dog grooming, which is really nice now. But I've had a couple of clients. One of my clients, her, she lost her husband in the middle of all of this, not from COVID, but um, through health issues. And he was an elderly guy. So she's now living alone. So, yeah, that was terrible for her. And uh, one of my best mates, my jiu-jitsu coach, you know, like everyone goes through these different types of struggles and that sort of thing. Um, so, you know, my jiu-jitsu gym has been closed for a long time. Mm. Um, everyone's got different perspectives and different stories. So mine isn't more or worse than somebody else's. It's just our perspective and what we see from it. Right. So yes, keep smiling through it, mate. But you know, we do what we can to make sure that mentally we stay okay and keep going from there. Love it. Tell us a little bit about, about yourself, how you got into dog training and, and yeah, a little bit of your backstory. I'd love back, to hear yeah, it. The, the origin story. The, or, the origin story. <laughs> uh, cool. So, uh, growing up, we did have a dog um, as a family growing up, just our, our beautiful little golden retriever dog called Sally. So, I spent a lot of time with her, you know, to the point this is in New Zealand. Um, so, there'd be, you know, my camping trip where I'd want to go 
camping or whatever I'd, I'd want to run away from from home would be me me going out and jumping into the kennel with Sally and sleeping out there <laughs> for the night so um you know I had a really nice affiliation with her and um growing up with her so she was our family dog she lived for 15 years or something so which was pretty amazing um and then I came to Australia I'm a chef by trade so I was a chef oh, awesome, a came, came to Australia in uh, 1996 from New Zealand and cooked uh, sort of around Queensland and that sort of thing and then ended up settling in Noosa for a while and I got a dog while I was there and ended up going to a dog obedience school um, there with my dog and I just like I really enjoyed that like it was fun it was a great community Um, the training was pretty good so I really enjoyed that and when I left Queensland and came down to Melbourne I wanted to do something different, so I had a look around and I thought, oh, look, there's this uh, thing called the National Dog Trainers Federation course, so I'll do that and then I'll go off and just become a customs dog handler or something like that. I won't say there was a way that it was sold to me, but what I read into the blurb was do the course and you'll get a a job training dogs. So um started the course in january we i don't know what year i continually forget we my wife cat and i we actually met on the ndtf course as well so i think you're just starting it yeah you're just starting it aren't you luke uh i'm about to do my second block in like a two weeks i'll be there back with glenn yeah yeah so um for all you people who are doing it and a single just be careful you might yeah, meet the love of your life <laughs> on there, um, which I, I definitely did. So that was really cool. And then Kat and I uh, finished the course together and we didn't have any plans on opening up a dog obedience school. It wasn't what we were thinking at all. Um, but the the very, very big training school that was down here, they actually closed their doors. They just wrapped everything up. So there was a big hole in the market. So Kat and I sort of decided, all right, like, let's do it. Like, let's yeah. just start running dog training classes. And I think our first our first class, we had seven people or something like that. And they were basically people that we just begged to come down, you know. <laughs> so um, we started with seven for our first class and we've kind of gradually got bigger and bigger and bigger. From when there. was that, so, bro? Uh, again, I think it was two thousand and nine I think. awesome so, so about a decade you've been in the game yeah as yeah yeah full time so um, and that's the canine company the, that's the canine company which is our business so yeah awesome it's a it's a um we're lucky enough in regards to the group obedience so we do everything from group obedience to private consults to dog grooming um we run workshops and seminars and all those sorts of things too um, we do some online mentoring, which has also been a lot of fun um, lately. So the first class we had seven, and then now what we, when things are normal, um, we have three different locations. Uh, we run um, Monday nights, Saturdays, and Sundays. And, you know, our Sunday location, which is our bigger location, you know, we could easily have, you know, 80 dogs turning up on a Sunday morning. So Wow. wow. It's, um, yeah, it's a little bit little bit bigger than when we first started so yeah, and well. we won australian dog trainers of the year a couple of times which is really nice little award to get so it's been good it's a good journey so far yeah totally and you guys got heaps of merch and stuff as well available and we saw your your, your <laughs> jumper there let's see it again 
Yeah, this one. Well, it's funny. This one, it's called, um, so they're all good dogs, Brent. So a really good mate of mine actually over in the States, uh, Brandon. So <clears throat> he's a bloody good looking guy. We call him Sweaty George Clooney. He's a good, very, very good looking man. <laughs> Cookie knows him really well also. So when we first went over to America for the IACP conference, we, um, Kat and I spent a lot of time with, with him and, and Brandon's just this, just this, you know, gorgeous six foot four bloke with a, you know, LA accent and he's really softly spoken. So we just hung out with him after the seminars, just drinking beers all night. So we really, really hit it off. And <clears throat> he was telling me about this Instagram page called rate, rate my dog or rate your dog or something like that. And they score every single dog like, you know, 12 out of 10 or 13 out of 10 or something like that. <laughs> and there was this uh, this comment, this guy sort of turned around and said, you know, mate, if you're going to have a rating system, if you're going to do it out of 10, it needs to be out of 10. You know, <laughs> and, and the guys who were managing this post were basically just like, we can do what we want, you know, like they're all good dogs. <laughs> yeah. And he kept sitting there and saying, they're all good dogs. And he would just call this person by different names. Yeah. So <laughs> just made the bloke angrier and angrier. <laughs> so Brandon was telling me about this and uh, and he said, they're all good dogs, Brent. So when we went back the following year, he had this hoodie for me and he gave me that. So yeah, that's yeah, it's pretty cool. That's sick, good man. Dog. Tell us a little bit about your own dogs and what you've got now. <clears throat> uh, so I have a, a little dog. Her name is Zia also known as Puppy. So she's a six-year-old uh, Malinois. And we also, uh, there was a dog that a lot of people knew who was our Rottweiler. His name was Zuka. Um, we lost him in uh, February. He didn't quite get to 10 years old. And we kind of lost him pretty quickly, actually. It kind of went downhill really no, quickly for him, which so is a bit of a shame. Mm. Um, and now we've got a new Rottweiler puppy who's around about nine months, uh, yeah, around about nine months now. And his name is Mr. Smith. And he's just an absolute sweetheart. So, where'd the name Kat come wanted, from? Cat wanted Smith. So, kind of along the Will, um, Will Smith, the actor. Mm -hmm. So, a little bit of Will Smith and then a little bit of Smith and Weston, the gun, right? Mm -hmm. So, she's like, yeah. you know, hedge my bets. It's just going to be Smith. So, when I started to call him, I'll be like, Smith, it just didn't flow. Mm. Um, so I added the Mr. part. So like Mr. It. Smith, it is now. So he's a, uh, but he, he's a gorgeous boy. He's super friendly. Like he's stupid friendly, you know, yeah. like he sees somebody oh, five, you know, houses down. He's like, Oh my God, look, they're walking towards me. They've got to be coming to see me. You know, For people sure. on the other side of the road. So he's an absolute sweetheart of a boy. He's, um, He's a little bit, we call him a little bit slow, you know, <laughs> like he's, he's kind of a bit lazy, but he's, uh, he's a ripper of a dog. He's really nice. So we're, uh, we're having a lot of fun with him too. That's awesome, man. So good to hear. Well, what, what, so when did you stop um, the dog training since the lockdown happened? How long ago has that been now? So we, we did a class, I think it was about March, something like March or something. We had to stop doing them. Um, yeah you know, at this time that we were flattening the curve, as they say. And then since March, we've run, I think I've run four classes in total since March. Yeah. Geez. Um, and considering we usually do three a week, we've done four since March. So, yeah. Well. It gives you, gives you an idea of the impact, doesn't it? 
Yeah, it really does. And the frustrating thing, you know, for us, you know, is we train outside. Um, mm. We were doing social distancing before it was a cool thing, you know, like we don't do dog to dog interactions. Like if your dog is on lead, then they're not there to say hello. We're here to train. Mm. So, you know, everybody was socially distanced anyway, right? So, yeah, I was going to ask you a little yeah. bit like, you know, what, what are you guys focusing on in your, in your group classes typically? So our group classes that we run, Panos, we I'll, I'll, I'll go through like a Sunday, right? So a typical Sunday. So what we do is we have uh, first timers come down. So if it's your first time, you'd come down at nine o'clock in the morning and then we run like a 15, 20 minute brief introduction. And then in that time, we just cover, you know, the health and safety stuff, um, how to hold the lead. We do a little bit of loose lead walking just to get people moving and then we cover off a release word. Mm-hmm. Um, like free and then that's about, what was that? You mean like free, like a release command? Yeah. 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 Um, and then we and then we kind of sit there and go, all right, guys, like that's the, you know, brief little introduction. Your class will start at 9.30. It's going to be, you know, over in this area. And then at 9.30, we have like our first timers uh, class. We have a beginner's class. And then we have a level one class um, and we've got separate trainers that do all of those different yeah. classes, right? So it's not just me and Kat. Yeah. Um, and then we cover in our first time as we will do when they all come back, we'll go through loose lead walking again because that's one of the things that most people want. Like yeah. everybody wants a dog that walks well on a lead, right? So Do you reckon everyone wants that? Walking? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I've uh- – yeah. Do you think I don't know? I was talking to I'm training this um, this Labrador at the moment for the complex skill. It's my friend's lab, yes. and he just pulls like Odin's dogs. Like he just he you know he's just typical lab, like super friendly, high food drive, you know. But like when he's on the walk, he's obviously never been trained to loose lead walk. As soon as he gets that flat collar on, like he just hits the end of the line as hard as he can, you know. And I, yep. she doesn't, she being the owner, my friend, she doesn't seem to be bothered at all by it. But I guess, you know, every every owner is different, right? Well, I guess if they're reaching out for training then, right? I guess. Yeah, well, she's not. I, I asked yeah, her to train him. True, so, true. it's a different yep. story. Yeah. It'll be interesting to get uh, her walking a dog on a loose lead and she might sit there and go, oh, this is actually quite nice, mm, you know? Yeah. Mm. And I Who's think walking who? Yeah, I think that's one of the things, you know, where you talk about you don't know what you don't know. Yes. You know, so. Become normal. With, mm. Yeah, like mm. with our classes, we, I, I tend to describe it like we're training um, pet dogs with sport dog techniques. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> we teach, you know, all of our positions in specific ways. And a lot of people sit there and go, why don't you just, you know, teach the dog to sit and then drop. It's like, look, when you're learning something for you for the first time, why don't we just teach you how to get the dog to drop, you know, backwards in that nice sphinx position? Mm, yeah. Because if you're learning it for the first time, we can just teach you. Yeah, and shape it properly. And people sort of, yeah. Mm. And then people are like, oh, okay, yeah, well, that makes sense. Yeah. So it, it's just as easy to teach somebody correctly than it is to teach them incorrectly, right? Oh, well, then, so, and then over time, you tell the dog to sit, he'll lay down thinking that you're going to tell him to lay down anyway. So what? why why yeah. separate it 
um, later down the track with confusion and then confusion yeah. within the owner, which then means they probably won't even follow through with it because it becomes all too bloody complicated. And and why teach, if you want a dog to lie down, why teach them to sit and then lie down? Exactly. Why do you not just teach them to lie down? Why do two commands? Right? I had a client, he, he, he was complaining. He's like, bro, he called me. He's like, He's got a big American staff. He's like, I got to the traffic lights. I tell the fucking dog to sit. She sits, she lays down, then she rolls all from the sit. I'm like, because you've chained it all together. Yeah, so it's now superstitious to, behavior. Yeah, we have to then separate it because obviously they've, they've put the chains of the link together. And um, it's hilarious having that sort of problem, but it's because, and it's a good trained dog. Like the dog understood what it needed to do, but it obviously wasn't yeah. correct according to the owner. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's what's the definite like if you know if you could ask the dog what's the definition of of sit it's like well i sit and then i lie down and then i roll and then you give me the food right (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. and they're like what are you doing yeah and then they're like that looks really cute here's a piece of food right yeah Mm. okay cool got it exactly well i guess to even branch (laughs) from like we're talking about loose lead walking and then talking about um, well, Luke just said is that most people don't think that they need loose lead walking. You don't, yeah, that actually, you said it really well, Brent. You don't know what you don't know, yeah. right? And that's, I think, like, even like three to six months ago, like, it, it, you know, I was in a position where I didn't know a lot of stuff and I still don't know a lot of stuff. But, like, what I've come to realize, like, it's all just education. Like, people, yeah. like you said, people don't know what they don't know, right? And then once you explain it to them, you know, in a friendly way, they're like, "Oh yeah, that to- mm. that totally makes sense." It's yeah. like, yeah, I don't really want a dog that fucking pulls me down the street and like hurts my shoulder. You know, exactly. Well, like you know, if we put it this way: is that all right? So I saw uh, my client yesterday. She got two German Shepherds. One's four, the other is about eight months old, and. Uh, we were working on loose lead walking last session. It was about a month ago um, because every time yeah. they saw dogs, they got very um, excited, lunging, barking, etc. So showing yeah. her the technique and now she goes, hey, look, I walk the dogs. There's still a little bit of um, excitement, especially from the eight-month-old, which is normal, mm. um, but yeah. heaps, heaps better. And then their, their comment was, but now when they like, – so now they barge everyone down every time they try to get through the back door because they want to come inside. And inside has become a playground, hasn't become a sanctuary. So then I said, well, then the easiest thing is we put them on a, on a lead and we bring them inside. Um, she messaged me last night going, oh, my God, the dogs went to sleep. It was like because now your loose lead walking technique and the energy of what it represents has now flowed onto other areas of the life. That lead does not mean go spastic. Mm. That lead means yeah. it's now time You're under to control. work. Yeah. And my philosophy is loose lead walking is giving the dog a job rather than just giving him structured exercise, which is what it is as well. Mm. And I wanted to ask yeah. you what, like, so Larry Crone says, loose lead walking is one of your most important tools that you've got. Um, and what are your thoughts about loose lead walking, I guess, more on the the philosophy of what walking is rather than just being convenient? I think, <clears throat> to me, I think if if I can get my dog to do three things, like reliably, I can take my dog anywhere I want. Like anywhere the big that, three, yeah. Like, uh, walk nicely on the lead, drop when I tell you, and come when I call you. Mm. Yep. If I can do those three things with my dog, people will sit there and go, oh, my God, your dog is so amazingly trained. I'm like, mm. he only does three things. And now you pay me. Right? Yeah. yeah. But it looks, it looks really good. But it's mm. all practical. Like, they, they are the life skills, you know. Like, a lot of people get dogs because they want to go to – um they want their dog to be part of their life so they you know the local jazz festival is on so they want to go down and have a beer and take the dog and sit on the rug and you know eat some food and that sort of 
that sort of thing. Mm. So if you have a dog that can walk nicely on the lead, you, you have no issues going through crowds. Then you get to your spot and you tell the dog to drop and you walk over and you grab your food and your beer and then you come back. And then, you know, if you've got a ball and you want them to go and have a bit of exercise, you can recall them from anything, you know. So those three things to me are just practical. They're just life skills with your dog. So the foundation of all of that to me is loose lead walking. The difference mm-hmm. between tension on the lead and then no tension on the lead is night and day for a dog anyway yeah and i feel that when the dog really does understand that proper loose lead walking they always feel like they're on lead Mm. so you don't have to worry about them being you know a little bit um lead wise where they sit there and go oh the lead's not on i'm just gonna run away now and you can't do shit about it (laughs) so they kind of understand that like oh no i'm always on lead so whether it's a loose lead uh, that's you know six foot long, or it's a flexi lead, which is you know seven meters long, or, or a piece of rope from Bunnings, which is twenty five meters long. Yeah. If the feeling is the same, then the dog has the same uh, understanding of no, no. I still have to do what I'm told. I still have to come when I'm called, or walk nicely on the lead, even though it's fifteen meters long. You know, loose lead walking doesn't have to be me. Doesn't have to be for me. The dog being on my left hand side, like. It's not a not a heel position. If my mm. dog's in front of me, it's perfect. I don't care if he's behind me. It's perfect. I don't care. It's just the lead needs to be loose. Yep. So I, I, the clearer you are with those sorts of things, I find the easier it is for the dog. What are your thoughts on the place command, Brent? Do you find that it's it, it's just as easy to be able to just put the dog in a, in a drop stay or a down wherever you want it? <laughs> it's a it's a really interesting one, Luke. I think. Um, our dogs don't have a place command, but they do some things very, very well. So my, like my Malinois, for instance, I could have her, um, and I do have her off lead at our group classes on a Sunday morning when there's, you know, 80 dogs running around, I'll get her out of the back of the ute. The ute is parked at the ground, the tailgate's down. I'd recall her out of the ute. She comes to me. I'll do a demo with whatever it is that I want her for specifically at that moment. And then I send her back to the U. You know, she's got options. She could go and chase ducks. She could go and visit people. She could go and see dogs, whatever it is. But when I'm like in the U, you see her just go, okay. And then she just run. Like, yeah, right. Usually she takes her rewards to her ball. She has that in her mouth and she just runs back and jumps into the U. So that is a form of place command, right? Yes. So I think place commands are really, really good. I think um, some people underutilize them, some people overutilize them. For me, I think whatever you're really, really consistent at, the dog will do. Mm-hmm. Right? Like Panos, you've been to people's houses, I'm sure, and they're like, the dog doesn't do anything, you know, and he he pulls on the lead and he knocks at the back door and he barks and he runs around and you know, you sit there and go, okay, well. You know, is he allowed up on the couch? And they're like, no, like he's never allowed on the couch. Well, mm-hmm. does he get on the couch? No, never. Mm, it's because you're consistent. Yeah. Right? So the thing that we're very, very consistent with, the dog generally does all the time. And I find that to be, you know, where people talk about like windows of, op- of, windows of opportunity for training. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, right, I'm going to open this window of training. I think that's a really, really good concept. 
mm-hmm. and people might sit there and say, you know, like, um, are you ready? Are you ready? And the dog's like, yay, mm-hmm. like, let's do stuff, which I think is really good. But if I sit there and go, drop, the dog should still just do it. Yes. You know, I don't have to open a recall of training. If I'm really You can do that maybe like, when you're training, but now when you're going further f- phases of training, um, teaching rather than when you're in training and then proofing, it should just be a command that happens. But, yeah, it has yeah. to be functional in real life. It can't just be only learn or listen when you're at school. You should be learn the skills so you can do it all the time. Yeah, that's right. And mm. I think if I'm doing free shaping or something, you know, you can kind of sit there and set a picture where the dog's like, all right, now it's time to work. I can kind of see, you know, dad's got his street pouch on and he's got his clicker or whatever yeah, it is. Contextual. You know? Yeah, so you can make it contextual. Um, mm. I, and look, I still, I can still sit there with my dog and open up windows of opportunity. I can still sit there and like use a phrase, and the dog's like, "Yay!" Like with Zia, I sit there and I'm like, "Cat uh, and I will be getting ready to go out," and you know, we'll sit there and we say the word "okay." Like, mm-hmm. Are "You ready to go?" Like, "All done." She's like, "Yeah, okay." Mm-hmm. It's like, "Woo!" The dog's just. Yeah. get super excited about it. like yeah. that's the word right and i never use the word okay in any training okay right but <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but it's uh they become really really excited because that word is like meant that now they can generally go out jump in the car and we're going somewhere you know interesting so they've kind of they've picked it up and Good. it's nothing that i've nothing that i've taught it's just one of those things that the dog has learned to understand right? exactly. It's it's with my dogs. I I prefer to use their name as hey. I'm I'm usually if I'm saying a name, I'm now about to tell you to do something. And when people say my dog only listens to me when I have the pouch on and with food, and I say <laughs> to them, your dog should always think you have food or a potential reward if you're giving a command. If and I'm saying can, yeah, but it can and that can only be true if it has been true in the past, right? That's so true. you at some point you have to have the food like concealed or you can't always be rewarding from the pouch, right? Yeah. Yeah. But then also you have to be in a position where you haven't got it too. Yes. So then they yeah, do yeah. do it. Indirect, but, yeah. So then when I tell them that you should then of course switch it up, put mm. the food in a different contraption, don't mm. have it in the pouch mm. when you are trying to make it a little bit more proofed. But that name should be, I'm about to tell you to do something. And um right or when I'm giving the command come down, sit, etc., that should be implying that we're doing something. And what do you think about that? I tend to just use my dog's name for their attention. Mm-hmm. The same as I use anybody's Agreed. name. You know? Exactly. It's it's just for attention. But I would probably say 95% of the times I give my dog a command, it's just um, it's just a command and I never yep. use their name. Okay. You know? So yep. if puppy is on the other side of the field, I'll be like, puppy, just to get her attention. Mm-hmm. And then usually she'll sort of look at me and I can give her a command. But if we're hanging out and we're, if we're on a walk or, you know, if I'm down at the rugby club and, we're interacting on playing ball or tug or whatever it might be. I'm never using her name. Oh, like, yeah, we're I there, agree with It's that. her and I. Um, You've got her attention already. Why give the name? Yeah, we're exactly. already kind of there. Um, yep. So for me, the na- like a name is just for attention. And one of the yep. things in our group classes, which um, which I know really annoys, you know, all of our trainers, which is probably part of the reason that I do it, is as I'm <laughs> demonstrating this in the middle of class, you know, like one of our trainers will be, you know, 40 meters away running class and i'll just yell out it's like 
Emma. And Emma turns around. She's like, yeah. I'm like, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, fuck. <laughs> gotcha. But it's, you know, it just kind of proves that our, exactly. like, our name is just for attention and the mm-hmm. dog's name should just be for attention, I feel. And that's, people that's use the dog's name as a recall, and that's super dangerous, right? Like your mm. dog's running across the road. Yeah. You want to say, Nookie, down, not Nookie, yeah. and then the dog comes back to you and then get hit by a car. Yeah. You know, yeah. It can be di- yeah, it can it can be dangerous. As long as as long as you are aware of what it is that you've taught your dog, I think it's okay. I think well, it's I say okay is a release of- command. So your dogs will be yeah. fucking heaps confused if I handle your dog. <laughs> I'll say, sit. We're crossing the road. I say, okay. And the dog's like, what in the fuck are we doing? And it's like, we're just yeah, crossing yeah, yeah. the road. So again, yeah. we talked about per- perspective right at the beginning of the session. I mean, the the, yeah. the conversation and it's exactly that, right? It's p- what the dog is perceiving, what the dog's feeling in that moment, not about Oh, but this is the universal word. Should I use down or drop? I'm like, I don't care. Um, it doesn't matter as long as it's the same like. word. Exactly. As long as you're consistent, right? What do you, I always, um, um, I've always kind of threatened that my next dog that I get, I'm going to teach teach my dog sit actually means drop and then drop actually means sit. <laughs> That's <laughs> Just to prove that the words don't matter. Of course. You know? Of course they don't. I had a client that so, I had to I had to do teach. it in Swahili. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I taught, I had to teach the dog all Turkish command so mm. every time i went there i had to remember every single word which was a turkish word for the command and i think the dog obviously started understanding both but it was it was confusing because it's not what's reflexive right mm. um yeah, I, I'm, yeah it's, I'm, it's interesting yeah. i already told rach when we get our dog i'm going to teach it in japanese hectic yeah that's sick yeah, it's perfect yeah. like one yeah. you know and again like um our old boy zuka like most of his commands were in german Mm. Um, and with Mr. Smith, like Kat has kind of carried on, you know, Platts, which is drop and, you know, she's sort of carried those sorts of commands on. So um, just to stop my idiot friends, you know, screwing it screwing up. with the dog, really. Well, for yeah, us yeah, at yeah. work, it's, um, you know, we've spoken about this on the podcast before is that, you know, I've, if I told yeah. Spades to come, his commands not, get poisoned. Yeah, he's not coming yeah. to me. I have to say here because come yeah. has been heard heaps. He's, yeah. um, you know, all the commands mm. have been washed up. Um, talking about dogs, I'll oh, go ahead. Go. Sorry, mate. What, one of the things that I love that my dog does is like she sits pretty, right? And she's she's offered this behaviour for a long time. But when I trained it, or when I taught it, it was very very highly reinforced. So it doesn't matter if I'm standing there with food or if I have nothing, and she just wants attention. She'll do her little sit pretty. Yeah. And I called it. I called it peasy, <laughs> and. Um, you know Forrest Mickey, right? So Forrest yeah. and I are relatively, you know, we're pretty good mates. So I would be hanging out with Forrest and we'd be training dogs or whatever and he'd be catching a dog and, you know, playing around and he would always say peasy. He's like, ah, oh, peasy, like just <laughs> mucking around. I'm like, what is that, man? Like, and he's just like, it's just a word that I made up that just flows really easily. Mm-hmm. So when I taught Puppy to sit pretty, I said, I'll name it peasy. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, What's peasy? I'm like, it's just this word. Like, it means nothing. And they're like, oh. But now so many of our clients have taught their dogs peasy and they're all Mm -hmm. like, sit pretty. It's like, peasy. (laughs) All these dogs sort of sit there like this, which is quite cool. But again, it's just doesn't matter. It could be purple monkey dishwasher as long as it's. Exactly. It's just the thing, right? We we know then then anyone who says peasy is part of your cult, then, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I'm big about dogs having a job, right? And all, especially yeah. our, our domestic dogs and, you know, what we're teaching all of our clients is dog needs a job. If we don't give them any biological fulfillment, that's probably why they're an asshole living in your house. Um, yeah. Is he an asshole or is it your fault? 
It's a perception. It's yeah. perspective, right? I think he's an asshole, but he's having a good time, mm. right? But I guess well, dogs that aren't being fulfilled mentally and physically can be um, very painful to live with, and then they're just they're, they're just not happy dogs. They think they're happy, but then they could be stressed, anxious. So, um, w- what sort of jobs do you give your dogs, per- your personal dogs? <clears throat> a really good example of that is we used to have a um, a dog called Otto, and he was a Rottweiler. He was a yeah, he was a rescue. So we got a phone call from our lo- one of our local vets, and he said, "Look, we've got this young dog, and he's probably around about twelve months of age. You know, he was locked in a garage. He was never fed from a food bowl. He was crazy, crazy skinny. Um, he's very, very fearful. And you know, do you want to come and have a look at him? So we're like, all right. So we went and picked Otto up, and pretty much for the rest of his life, he remained like." pretty fearful of most people um definitely worse with men but he was very very predictable right especially with people coming over to our house you know there was always a crate set up in the lounge so somebody would come to the door we're like in your crate and he would just run to his crate and he'd just hang out in his crate what we found with him is on this whole give your dog a job kind of mindset we bought like a little uh backpack for him Mm -hmm. And we would put his backpack on when we would go for a walk and we would throw like a ball or whatever, like something light and little in there. And he would just carry this ball around or a you know, bag of rice or whatever and his backpack. And that was his job. And the way that he would settle was it was night and day. Like you'd take the backpack off and he'd be really, really jittery again. Mm-hmm. You'd put the backpack on. He's like, right. Like it was, it was like that task focused behavior. Like, all right, I've got a job and I'm carrying my backpack and I'm going to do this to the best of my ability. Mm. So, you know, anytime people sort of talk about um, giving dogs a job, um, Otto really springs to mind, man. And, and that was a, like, it was a massive savior for him. You know, it really helped him settle down and gave him some clarity on what he should be doing. So, yeah, he was a fun dog. He was a bit crazy as well, but. <laughs> That was an interesting one. Yeah, totally. Well, like, you know, talking about being like from what we experienced of our very short lockdown um, here in um, Sydney is that I found that a lot of people obviously lost their jobs and, you know, they were out of routine. And I tell my clients all the time to have structure about what you do. So you walk every day, you do training every day, you feed your dog every day. So all the things you do. Don't keep it such an intense structure. Don't keep it exactly the same. Then your dog's banging your door down at 6 p.m. wanting to get fed and always ex- yeah. expecting to go for a walk when you get just get home from work, things like that. So just yeah. switch it up a little bit so that way the dog's not super reliant. And my dogs get fed sometimes 11 at night, 3 in the yeah. afternoon, yeah, yeah, yeah. at different times, right? So they're not on edge waiting and assessing every single movement that I do in the house. Yeah, and that's I feel right. Feel yeah. that that's what's happened with people as well. Is that if they wake up at six, they get leave the house by seven, get to work by eight, and and they're very much in this strict routine, and then that changes on them. We lose a sense of identity almost, right? It's like, well, I thought I was the things that I do, rather than being, you know, we're not. Too, I won't get super philosophy philosophical right now um whether the dogs think that deep or not but they're a product of their environment they're, they're a product of their routines and to, to switching it up is really important and obviously you've been has it been like a hundred days or something that you guys have been in lockdown maybe yeah longer? well in, the, in this latest stage of lockdown it's something like yeah like this stage four or whatever they're calling it yeah it's, yeah um, so like we, we've, mach- we've been on lockdown since march mm, of yeah. some variety yeah 
So, like, so obviously that's affecting a lot of people and stuff. So, like, well, what are your thoughts about for people and their dogs, right? Like, are people still allowed to walk their dogs in Melbourne, stage four? Yeah. So, that was probably the the saviour for a lot of people is you could have, like, when we were locked down, like, at the strictest limits, you could go outside for an hour a day for exercise. And that yeah. was, you know, that included walking your dog. Yeah. So, you know, you couldn't go for half an hour and then in the morning, half hour at night, it was meant to just be one hour. Uh-huh. Um, so a lot of a lot of people actually were getting out and walking their dogs. In our area, I actually found it relatively good. Like I would go for a walk or go for a run or whatever. Most people were actually very, very good with their dogs and the dogs got better as they practiced the habits. Mm-hmm. Um, people were really respectful, you know, on lead areas, didn't really have dogs off lead um, or if dogs were off lead, they're actually really, really well behaved and they just yeah. would ignore people. You know, they weren't that friendly dog who would come over. They would actually just walk past people or walk past dogs. Um, so that was quite good, but that was in our area where we are in surrounding suburbs. It definitely wasn't the case. You know, people had, you know, off lead dogs just going nuts and on lead areas, which is you know mm. not beneficial for anybody. So you could walk your dog and you could exercise and that sort of thing. Um, I think one of the things that I found beneficial during all of this lockdown was to be really mindful of what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, if I was if I was doing the dishes, I would kind of stay focused on that. Or uh, one of the things that I started to do in this latest lockdown was I learned how to tie a whole bunch of different knots, mm-hmm. um, you know, like, um, scout style. Yeah. So <laughs> I would just YouTube knots or I end up getting an app on my phone. One of the, a, a friend of mine, he's like, mate, have you seen this app? I'm like, nope. So downloaded this app and I just learned how to tie, you know, probably 10 different types of knots. And I filmed those and I just put that up on my Facebook page. And all of a sudden I'm getting all these messages from people like literally around the world going, I'm loving your videos, man. Have you seen this knot? And when I was doing, you know, when I was in the army, we used to do this. Or when I was in Boy Scouts, we used to do this, these knots. It's cool. Or, you know, here's a different way to do it. But it was about really staying fo- like task focused and yeah. doing doing something um, mindfully. Do you think you also know, like, doing something not, I mean, I'm not going to say physical like going to the gym, but using your hands and tying your physical and mental sort of, you know, cognitive and, and physical um, abilities together, right? Like, because tying a knot is quite a detailed sort of thing, right? Like, it's not like just playing a video game or something yeah. like that. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's a, yeah. It sort of stimulates think, the, the, the body and the mind. I think any type of learning during this time has been relatively good. And I think if you're learning, you know, whether you're learning how to play guitar or the drums or tie knots, like whatever it might be, if you're doing something mentally and then doing something physically at the same time, I think the same for our dogs, right? It probably mm-hmm. fatigues us a little bit more. And by doing that, it will it, it will de-stress us. Mm, and yep, I think that's definitely. what I found. I, mm. Every time I was doing knots and I was doing those sorts of things, I was – I was really, really focused on it. And because I was recording it, I was more focused on it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I think those types of things really actually did help me, right? And mm. all of our gyms were closed, so you can't go to the gym and mm. lift heavy things or or punch things or do jiu-jitsu because all the gyms are closed, so you're not yep. allowed to do that. Um, so combining something mentally with something physical 
exactly what we were talking about in regards to giving our dogs jobs, um, I think that kind of placated some of the stress levels that that I was feeling anyway. Right. Mm. So I think that was that was certainly a good thing for me. Yeah. Look, I think I remember ages ago, like years ago, I I thought. I'm so big on mental physical stimulation for dogs. It's what they need. And we're talking about it to people that don't think about it. So people get a dog, they thought, oh, well, it's Lassie. The dog will be good. Just hang out with me. It's going to be picture perfect. And then obviously our job is to try to fix a lot of relationships that people have with their dogs and to give them and share these these concepts so that people, people can have dogs that are living their best life. And then it was only later down the track I thought, how am I – stimulating my mind and body and i i was doing it but not purposefully doing it and it sounds like here you've learned the skills of how to fulfill a dog's needs biologically and that you're now adapting those concepts into your own life now that you're fully you know locked down at home not allowed to fucking leave the house it's ridiculous um so unnatural but finding opportunities to to um obviously to rise to the occasion and make the most out of it. And, and that's what people should be doing with their dogs. They should be doing it with their dogs re- regardless and regularly without having to go to group class and things like that. You sh- we should be taking these lessons. And, of course, hopefully through the podcast, people are listening to to this and going, well, then ha- why aren't we doing this with our dogs? But especially in times of need, like there's times where I'll call Luke and I'm having a shit day and just need a brother to talk to. And he's like, bro, have you, have you broken a sweat today? I'm like, mm. fuck, I forgot. Get the heart going. Let's do that. And, yep. and it's always better after. Um, um, you yeah. know, and I'm, I've never, I haven't gone to the gym in a long time, but I, I train at home and, and I have the luxury of- You don't of, have to go to the gym. Like if you've got your kettlebells or- 100%. Mate, if you've yeah. got a, pat, uh, you know, two square, two by two meter, four square meter uh, thing, you know, you can do do 50, 50 burpees or like just run on the spot, yeah. like just get the heart cranking and exactly. you'll yeah. feel better. So important, you know, and- yeah. um, I did, um, in the middle of all this, I did- I did a couple of things. One of the things that I was doing a little while ago was I wanted to do a hundred burpees in ten minutes. Mm, so legit. that was a that was an interesting, uh, fun challenge. And there? I told him, mate, he's like, "Is that pretty hard?" Yeah. I went, "Well, I think it's pretty hard. Like, I haven't quite done it. I think the highest I got was ninety four or ninety five or something like that." I used to be able to like, do really? seventy five in five minutes, but there's no way I could do that now. That was a, yeah. that was a few years ago. <laughs> yeah, legit. yeah. So, so my mate Zach goes, "I'm going to have a go." So nice. he, he did, he punched him out in like nine minutes, 20 or something. I'm like, yeah. fuck, bro. But so there was that. And then I did the push-up challenge. Yeah. Um, we're a really good mate of mine. He messaged me. He's like, hey, bro, I'm doing the push-up challenge. Do you want in? I went, you know, what is it? He's like, we're doing 3,200 and something push-ups or whatever. Yeah. Um, over a couple of weeks. I'm like, mate, I've, I haven't done like, a thousand push-ups in my life, yeah. you know. Yeah. But I'll do a thousand in the next two weeks. <laughs> and then you got, I got the breakdown of it, and I'm like, oh my, like I've got to do like a hundred and something every day, Jesus. like, and then yeah. worked it out. And what they would do is that it was, it was raising awareness for mental health. Yeah. So you know, like the first day, it was 124 because there's, you know. 12.4% of people will have whatever, yep. right? So they yep. kind of broke it down. They did a really good job. But then there's days where you're doing like 235 push-ups, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I would get up every morning. I'd actually I started to practice push-ups before this challenge because I'm like, I need to see if I can actually do push-ups, right? Yeah. And do them properly so, so you don't hurt yourself. And do them properly like, and get your body used to it. So mm-hmm. the first day I think I did 50 or something like that. And then, you know, the next day, I'm like, geez, I can't do any today. I'm so sore. 
But mm. by the time it started, like I was enjoying it and punching them out. But I'd get up and I'd do, um, I would just do sets of 20. And if I could do 60 before I left home to go to work, because this is when when we were working as well. If I did 60, then I would do, I'd go to a client, then I'd do 20, then I'd go to another client, do another 20. So by the time I got home, I'm like, I'm either done or I've got 20 to do, you know? So that's awesome. doing something like that throughout the day keeps kept me um, mentally focused. And as you say, mate, if you're doing something hard each day um, and working up a bit of a sweat, then it's definitely, it helps your brain for sure. Yeah. It clears I- stuff out, right? Mm. Totally. Um, discipline, like it's um, Jocko Willink's, you know, discipline equals freedom. Love that one. Yeah. But a new one I listened to on yeah. Joe Rogan um, with Mike Tyson and, and Mike Tyson said, discipline is doing things that you hate, but do it as if you love it, you know, and, and that's um, yeah. and that's so true. You know, in terms of, you know, like, you know, motivating and manipulating behavior is everything that we do. And if we can just focus that towards ourselves, like we can learn so much from our, our practice with our dog training because understand the fundamentals of, of behavior and, and how it works and how, and we we're talking just off air before was that, you know, it, it, it can annoy us of how much, conditioning is being used on us and if you're aware of it it annoys you it may or may not work as well because you can maybe try to push against it but it's happening through nature regardless but if you can be aware of okay well this is how it's how i'm being broken down whether it's by external factors or by internal factors well then how can i make it serve me or how can i condition myself and I swear we condition our own, our son for sleeping. We put the sound machine on just before bed. Good night, bye bye. We do our prayers. Like it's all, it's a, it's a routine. So, and then we, you know, I've, I've practiced the art of settling a baby over the last year and a half almost. And yeah. now if he gets up in the middle of the night, just walking over and we've, you know, and just giving a little tap and just a quick little shh. A lot of the time, maybe not every time, but a lot of the times, boom, he's just clocked out. You mm. can hear him sleeping again. And yeah. that's within like seconds is because of that conditioning. So then if we can understand, well, you know, and then obviously bringing it back around the dogs and how there's a symbiotic relationship here is that, well, then condition your animals to do things, condition yourself to be, to do things. And if you can do that by learning it through your dog, you know, that's what I'm all about anyway, is that how can we make the connections? Most of us dog trainers, we hear so many other dog trainers say, I got into dogs because I hate, I, I don't like people. Um, yeah. For me, I love people and dogs can make yeah. our lives better. So then that's why I love to train dogs. I do love people better than really dogs. you're training people, aren't you? It's all people training, <laughs> yeah. right? But you have to love dogs and you have to, and you should love the other side of the lead. Otherwise, what are you doing it all for? Um, this is a question I love to ask my, um, our guests if, if, if I have the chance is, you know, like, why do you love dogs? It's a good question, Panos. And for me, it's because they like the other one um, thing that I've really seen that truly love unconditionally. You know, like whether you're having an absolute shitty day, the the dog doesn't care. You know, and they they're always happy to see you. You know, like it's that joke of you know who loves you the most? Is it your wife or your dog? Well, lock them in the boot of the car for an hour and then open it and see who's happy to see you. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Um, The the dog is like, our dogs are just always there. They're always happy to see you. They always want to please you. Um, And I think we can learn a shitload from having that mentality and, and, you know, living each day as if it's our last, you know, trying to be better every time. That's sort of, to me, that's what dogs do, you know, like they're not focused. Have you ever seen a dog 
um, and through whatever has happened, but they've had a leg amputated or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like a three Three days dog, after yeah. the surgery, they're sitting there and going, all right, I've got three legs, let's go. Like, this a- now I just yep. figure this out and I mm. fall over and I get up. They don't yep. feel sorry for themselves. Exactly. Whereas if mm. that's us, you know, like we need physical treatment, we need mental health for months or years or ongoing forever, you know, whatever it might be, we, we kind of have this thing where as a dog just sits here and goes, okay, now I've got three legs. Cool, let's go. Yes. Like now I've just got to figure out how I run down the beach with three legs instead of four. Beautiful. Mm. I'll figure that out. Exactly. Conscience, consciousness is a blessing and a curse, I think, you know. Yeah, I th- yeah, I sort of think so. And then what, what you were saying before, Panos, about um, <clears throat> like – uh, discipline equals freedom. So I use that a lot and I've followed Jocko for a long time and and that sort of thing. It's the same. I've, I've written a blog in regards to discipline equals freedom and that sort of thing, which is good. But another thing that I heard, which I thought was really, really important, is it's the days that you don't want to train that are the important ones, you know. Yes. So mm. it was from a guy who was, who was doing um, triathlons and he was, you know, five days out of the seven, he's like, can't wait get up go for a swim then go for a bike ride or go for a bike ride and then go for a run and then two days you know he'll be like ah, kind of done a fair bit this week maybe i'll just mm-hmm. bin it you know maybe yeah. i won't do it or it's raining and it's cold and mm-hmm. then you know it's those it's those moments where you decide you know i've got to do it yeah. they're the ones that are the important ones like that's Super. what training is not totally. when you want to go. It's the days that you don't want to go, but do it anyway, right? So one I think one that- way I like to frame it as well is like when I'm feeling like shit. Oh, I don't want to train. I don't want to do this or that. Like particularly with with regards to training, like I try and think about it of after training. So it's like when was the last time you trained and felt worse? Like it doesn't happen. You always feel better. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. You might not feel just- like doing it, but you think like if I do it, then I'm going to feel so much better. Yeah. That happened on Friday it's, night. I was sitting there and I had a 8.30 session booked in for boxing mm. on a Friday night. Mm. Who, like who the fuck trains 8.30 yeah. on a Friday night? And I'm sitting there. It was – I had a little – a light dinner and it was probably like 5 to 8 and he's not very far from my house. And I'm sitting there maxed out on the couch, could have stayed there all night and passed out. And Tanya's like, you're yeah. boxing 8.30. And I'm like, yeah. And she goes – and she was like, oh, you couldn't be fucked going? I'm like, No. And she goes, you're not going. I'm like, I didn't say I'm not going. I said I couldn't be fucked. Yeah. I don't want to. I, mean, I'm not gonna I hate. I'm, I would hate yeah. to go right now. His dog staunches me every time I go there, and like, and and like, and it's just it's. I can't be bothered. I have to sweat. I mean, you know what he makes me do? Five minutes of hitting the pads, technical stuff. He's teaching me stuff, and he goes, "Cool, forty push-ups." I'm like, what? Like the first time he said that, I'm like, that is ridiculous. And I yeah. did it. Forty push-ups <laughs> hurt, especially like with no break, yeah. and then boom, yeah. straight into it. And I love it. I love that he pushes me and. He gets me, and right after I came home, psyched. Yeah. I'm like, "Let's do shit!" And she's like, "It's yeah. 30 now. You have to relax." <laughs> and I'm yeah, like, yeah. "No, <laughs> um, I'm ready to go." Yeah, but I tell people when we again training when we're training our dogs is practice this shit when you don't need it. So when you need it, you've got it. It's there, ready to go. Yeah. Don't be. I can't be bothered. I can't be bothered. But then you complain that your dog doesn't listen to you, or your dog yeah. doesn't go anywhere because it doesn't listen to you. So practice yeah. all of this stuff as if your dog needs to do it tomorrow. And that way they're – and I train as if I'm going to fight tomorrow, even though most likely, and I hope that I don't fight tomorrow, is that I do it because um, it fulfills that beast within me. If I don't tame it, then it's going to, you know, and 
um, then it's going to screw me up anyway. But it's the same, especially with your higher energy dogs, is that if you're not giving them the sport, if you're not giving them the stimulation, and then um, what are I'll you doing? I'll find it elsewhere. Of course. And I do that. Yeah. A lot of the stuff that I learn and that I teach is that I do it with Nookie, and she was just on um, – Luke's lap just then. She's like 4.4 yeah, yeah, yeah. 4 kilos. She's nothing. But, you know, I didn't walk her yesterday. I didn't walk her yesterday, people. Oh, my God, you're going to kill me. Uh, and um, But it was raining. It was cold and I couldn't be bothered. And <gasps> Says the boom, dog. Tries. The other day you need to do it. <laughs> I said it. I said it. And I'm human. I fucked up. But basically, but today I know that we're going extra. We're doing the extra work because I could see that she's out of routine. But she doesn't beg for me. She doesn't bang on the door. She doesn't bark. But you can tell when she hasn't gotten it. And I can tell when I haven't gotten my fix one yeah. way or another. And um, and we, we work on our dogs as if they have to do everything tomorrow. So that way they're when we when we absolutely need it, we've got it. And they're they're better off for it because mm-hmm. um because they're getting they're getting action every day, you know, and we don't want to be waiting for problems to occur. We want to be proactive about it all the time, especially from from young, from your relationship being young, whether it's a puppy or not. Yeah, hundred percent. It's it's really interesting, you know, what you just said is, you know, she's a small little dog, she's four point four kilos, you know, I didn't walk her she's only little, I don't really need to walk her type thing. It's like, no, no, so many of those terrier type like do you know what sort of dog it is? It's a terrier. Do you know what mm-hmm. they do? Terrier things, right? <laughs> and exactly. they do you know how long they do them for? Fucking hours. Ever. So <laughs> let the dog be a terrier, you know. Yes. It's like you see that all the time. It's uh, um, it's a thing that people, when they do get those little dogs, often they sit there and go, well, they're little and they, they'll be like little couch potatoes, but like you've got a Jack Russell Terrier mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Like they like to do stuff and they like to do stuff all day. Waiting like for the rat to make a noise so we can kill it. Right? Exactly. And, yeah. they're, and they're happy to wait, man. Like they're mm-hmm. happy to, to pace up and down, up and down, up and down, yeah. up and down. Up and down or they'll you know, be listening so. while they're sleeping anyway. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. So yeah, it's a, it's a uh, the little dogs are, are cool as man. Yeah, well, like you said before, like that you you train at like you know sport dog training techniques to your clients, and and I find yeah. doing that a lot. Like so, you know, um, we go to very many um similar seminars sometimes when you're down here yeah. in Sydney, and um and I learn like I'm there thinking first of all I'm taking in maybe. Five to ten percent of practical stuff from this. The rest of that ninety percent is understanding mentality and psychology. And I'm not a boxer. I'm not a like. I don't fight professionally. I don't even fight ever, right? Um, but I do those techniques and apply them to myself because it fulfills me and it's difficult. And we have yeah. to do that same like now. Maybe how you train your dogs personally and how you would train your client's dog may differ depending on the person, the dog, etc. But you know, I'm trying to input a little bit of that sport mentality into some of your training um like with um so i can speak for nookie because spades is like almost 10 he's very chilled out and doesn't have that sort of drive i fulfill him in other ways but with nookie i'm using that tug and that ball um religiously with her for a training and if she was a big dog she'd be a pain in the ass to deal with but because she's small it's easy right but we yeah. still input that same sort of um intensity but how do you find reconciling your um learning how sport trainees and sport training concepts work into um into client dogs like how do you reconcile that and, and how do you teach it or where's that happy medium you know yeah so one of the things that i find is important and like panos we've been at a lot of seminars together and hung out a lot of those seminars together right so there's a few factors here that i think anytime you go to a seminar like it's all information and i think some 
especially when you're newer in the industry, you might go to, you know, one person's seminar and be like, ah, that's what I've got to do. And then you change all these things that you do. And then you go to another one and you change everything you're doing. You change, go to another one, you change everything you're doing. And pretty soon you, you kind of don't know what you should be doing. And actually right? what like makes it, it worse sometimes, you feel worse about it. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah, that's right. So when I go to seminars, I see everything that happens and I take it all in as information. And then generally I come back and in our group classes, I don't change anything. Mm-hmm. Right? Sometimes there might be little things that, that will shift. And especially with newer trainers, like if our trainers come along to these seminars, are like, yeah, like let's start to do um, more you know, of this style stuff like let's teach the heel in the first timers because it's really and it's like no 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 just stop slow down cool like, jets yeah the the important thing with pet dog trainers that i find that we have as clients is they don't care about a focused heel when they're starting you know can the dog sit can the dog drop will the dog come back to them and they can they walk nicely on the lead right so to me that's the first stage one of our um one of our clients a lady called brooke she had a beautiful big leon burger called uh charlie and brooke said to me like this is how i said this is how we're going to teach a drop she's like look i don't care if he goes into the sphinx position like it doesn't worry me he's a large breed you know he's going to fall onto his hip and i went well is it an issue for you and she's like no nah. i said look we teach it this way because it's really easy. If it's not an issue for you, then don't worry about it. And Brooke's like, okay. I said, but just so you know, you might really enjoy training dogs and you might want to compete in like a dog sport, Rallyo or something like that one day. And she's like, I don't think so. Like I really enjoy them. There's a whole bunch of stuff I want to do, but I don't think so. I'm like, that's cool. Like literally six months later, she's like, fuck. I want to do Rallyo and I go drop and he just falls over on his hip and he's lying like this. So she spent like the rest of Charlie's life trying to fix this like lazy drop, you know? So Mm. that's one of those things in regards to when I say, you know, we're doing sport dog training, like we teach them the sport dog techniques, Mm -hmm. but they don't have to compete. It's about if they're learning something new, then teach them the best way to learn it. Right. And that's for the dog Mm. and the person. So when we go to these seminars, I might take little bits and pieces away and then come back and our advanced level, we will do it in our advanced levels. Yeah. You know, I'll sit there and I'll go, all right, guys, let's play with this. Mm-hmm. And we also have, it's not just our trainers that actually come to seminars. Like a lot of our clients now will go to seminars. Mm-hmm. Like they really enjoy it. And we're lucky enough that with the culture of our, of our club, like we've got a whole bunch of people that go off and compete and when they go off and compete, they generally win everything. So they'll go and do Rallyo or they'll go and do AKC Obedience or whatever it is. Um, so they go off and just and clean up because we've taught them the basics and the fundamentals so well. So if they're walking along and the dog is not pulling on the lead, then that's one thing they don't have to worry about. And they mm-hmm. know the dog will come when they call them. They know they'll drop when they tell them. And we add distractions in our high levels like all the time. So when they're doing a group drop stay to you know in an ankc obedience uh trial and there's a dog 20 meters away running around because it's off lead our dogs don't care about it right Mm -hmm. whereas a lot of other dogs will go oh my god i haven't seen this picture before whereas Mm -hmm. for us it's normal 
Exactly. So when we're going to these seminars and we're learning all of these new sorts of things, usually our, it's, it's our advanced clients who are really, um, they're already really invested in their dogs. So yeah. we add the information to what they do, but it's not the whole seminar. You know, it's exactly. like, hey, I like that. That can work. Let's play with hand placement. Let's play with um, direct and indirect rewards and those sorts of things. And we play around with those sorts of things. But for a person, you know, when it's in their first one to 10 weeks or even, you know, one to six months, right? Like they don't, they don't care. Exactly. Right. They don't care about a really nice focused heel yet. But I guess we one start to set little patterns for them yeah. where they can develop those sorts of exactly. things. Exactly. Well, as a trainer, it keeps you sharp too, right? Like if you just stayed <laughs> within your own echo chamber and just teaching people and never keeping yourself up to date, then you're always yeah. doing the same thing over and over again. And and I do feel that, you know, and even now, like, well, it's been a while since it's been a seminar, but coming back going, oh, like I did it this way and then he said that way and blah, blah, blah. And then, oh. It's those little niggling questions yeah. in your mind, isn't it? You but, but over time, you see- Oh, you know what? But then if you did a seminar and you explained all your techniques, then that same person who came to yours would be like, oh, should I do this, this, that? So, yeah, you have to have a level. And look, and I think about like if someone like a child six years old and you're going to teach them how to pass a ball, how about you teach them how to pass a ball in soccer, like a soccer style pass, teach it to them as if a professional would have taught any would teach (laughs) their child, for example. Why go, hey, look, he passes like shit and it only takes an extra couple of seconds to fix a technique. Why not? Why yeah. not do it good from the beginning rather than doing it shit all the time and practicing yeah. mistakes? It makes no sense. So keeping sharp, yeah. and I think that's one thing you could take from sport dog sort of training to client dog is some precision. Some people may have a really jacked up, intense dog and is willing to go that little bit extra, and you can see they're like asking the questions. You're like, you are ready for something a little bit more advanced, where exactly. you know Joe Blow down the street may not care. It's like, bro, I just want him to stay there and, and not like, run away. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like we're not yeah. going to do, do, do too much detail. But there's still precision involved with it. It's not like some computer that's going to be programmed. So, yeah. Yeah. And and that's one of the things for us that we like, especially with our um, with our higher level uh, members or people who come down and train with us. We get phone calls and they'll be having a problem at home or Facebook message or whatever, and they start to sit there and say, like, okay, what would Brent tell me to do or what would Kat tell me to do or what would a trainer tell me? And then, as soon as they start to think like that, they figure it out. Yeah. You know, now you're thinking like a dog trainer. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's kind of what we want them to do. We want them how to we want them to figure out how to um how to train their dog because there's always going to be something that pops up. For sure. Right? Like a dog gets injured or they need surgery and then now they can't quite do what they used to be doing, or they've got to take the dog back a few steps. It's like, okay, well, what can I do now? Mm-hmm. And when they start to sort of sit there and ask themselves those questions, instead of just calling us and going, oh, what do I do? It's like, oh, mm. what would Brent say? What would Kat yes. say to me that I should do with my dog? And then they message and they go, hey, look, I asked myself this question. These are the answers that I came up with. What do you think? And we're like, perfect. <laughs> like, you've got it. Just exactly. Exactly. You know? So I think um, I think that's where something like a seminar um, and like we – I love learning, right? So if there's a seminar and I can get to it, I'm going mm-hmm. because you always learn stuff at seminars, right? Yeah. Part of it is catching up with people. So, you know, when I come up to Sydney, I see all of the Sydney crew and I love it. Like it, it is my, like it's my Sydney family, you know, and it's awesome. I love hanging out with Cookie and 
and Pat and you guys, um, the crew up there are amazing. So that's definitely a part of it. But a massive thing is the reason I've been to a lot of seminars and I've seen trainers multiple times is because it just helps solidify stuff in my head. Yeah. Um, and then you hear things over and over and over and you get more depth to that knowledge. So, yeah, I think that ongoing learning, mate, is super important. 100%. You know, I tell my clients all the time, like, you know, and nothing against board and train or anything is that you can do the board and train, teach all the basic commands, you get the dog, you keep it up, that's cool. One thing I, I would tell people, and you can see sometimes if you if they're getting a little bit distracted by something, is that, look, I'm trying to make you a dog trainer for your dog. So that yeah. way I'm trying to make my job obsolete and I want you to yeah. not need me anymore. Like a good doctor, eh? Good doctor. The best, good the priest, best doctor right? is you don't need them. Yes. Yeah. You yeah. want to send these people away. I'm trying to politely get rid of you. Teach them to fish, eh? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And, and that's so important where some people want to hold the secrets so then you keep coming back to me like a, mm, like a charlatan style yeah. thing, you know? and. You don't want that. You want to teach them how to think for themselves, how to how to understand what it is, and of course, as much to their own ability as they can. But um, yeah. I love that you said that because it makes so much sense, and that's that's the real hard job. And if I want to get somebody on doing what I do, it's about understanding the human side of them, understanding as much as it is the the, the skills of of dog training itself. Yeah, I think a big part of it, and you know, you touched on it before too, Panos, where where trainers sit there and say. Um, you know, I got into dogs because I don't like people. It's like at the end of the day, if that's what you truly think, then go and do board and trains and work at a kennel exactly. and don't do handovers, right? Like yes. go do that. If that's the way you that you really feel, perfect. Like there is a role for you. Exactly. But if you're doing private consults, like we're teachers. At the end of the day, we're there to teach mm. and we're not teaching the dog, we're teaching the human. And you got to really right? love that. you got to love your client in a way of like, hey, this is – this is because we're connecting, we're opening up, and I love some of the random conversations I have with my clients. If we're Just at cash, yeah, the back end of our third session and we're walking back, it's 15 minutes to go <laughs> and – we just start talking about shit and it's like, hey, and I, and after like seven minutes of chatting, I go, hey, just so you know, this is the conversation we just had. You haven't been bothered by your dog. Your dog's following you. We stopped at the curb. Your dog sits. It's just a normal conversation. Um, that's the point of all of this. It's not to be flashy and crazy and everything. It's about um, getting what it is that you want from your dog. And the point is you may not even know what your dog actually wants or needs or what you would like from your dog, but I'll show you if you enjoy it, then that's cool. And um yeah, it's so, it's so powerful. Yeah, that's kind of what we touched on earlier too, Luke. You know, when we were saying you don't know what you don't know. Mm, you know? Exactly. People, that's what we find in our beginner's levels. As people start to do and they get a little bit more and then they get a little bit more. And I sit there and say to them, guys, go and put your dog away in the car or whatever. Come back and watch our advanced level. Because at this stage, you're just like, oh, look, my dog sits when I tell him. And then he drops and he comes back. Like, that's cool. Like, but go and look at what our advanced levels are doing. And they're like, oh, I didn't know I could teach my dog to do that. Mm. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, these are the things that we do. And they're like, oh. And then that lights that little bit of a fire under them. And, you know, we get, we've had people who are now onto their third and fourth dogs that still come down and train with us, you know, every Sunday because they love the trip. Like, I'm not really teaching them anything new, right? Some of these dogs are phenomenal dogs, but they're coming down just to hang out with us and with their with their friends, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah, the it's a, it's a social thing. Now it's a community. Yeah. 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 So that's that to me is is something I'm, that we're really proud of that we've created is this community around dog training, and 
there's no bitchiness. Like nobody comes down and argues. There's no fights. There's no um, bagging of other people or trainers or anything like that. Like we just don't stand for it. It's like mm. it's not what we want. It's funny because eh, like, off mic we were talk before we started recording this. We we're talking about you know, social media and that and the reason that you saying, you know, you deleted Facebook off your phone and like personally, yeah. I don't use social media at all for my, for yeah. like, that's what I mean personally. Like we've got socials for the podcast and that and, you know, when I start my my business, I'll have it surely for that. But, um, you know, like that's, that's the biggest thing about social media in the terms of the negative aspect is that you just having these ridiculous, like people having these sort of ridiculous arguments and putting stuff out there that, that they would probably never say to someone face-to-face -face. Mm. and it's yeah. just so like we're not evolved for that. We're not. We've got these yeah. like incredibly powerful, you know, computers and, and social networks that just totally um, outmaneuver and overpower our, our basically, you know, our brains that haven't evolved mm. in the last 10, 20,000 years, you know. Mm. Yeah. I think that's one of the things, Luke, with our with our group class and with the culture of our group class and all those sorts of things, like they, they all care. I think that's one of the things that's really, really important. Like they actually care. They care about their dog and they care about each other and they care about our business. Mm. Like our clients in this time have been fucking amazing. Like they've sent food to us. They've sent like macaroons. They've, like they've bought memberships for dogs that haven't been born yet, you know? Yeah, wow. Like it's just – it's like they've, they've continued to pay membership because we've got – the way that our uh, structure is is we have a pay-as-you-go where you just pay on the day or you can sign up for a membership and we've got a 12-month membership or a lifetime of your dog membership, right? So they're the sort of three options that we have. People are paying for memberships when they can't train. Like we mm. haven't trained since March, and I'm yeah. like, "Hey, do you guys want to put this on hold?" And they're like, "No, nah, we're good. Like we'll just nice. keep paying." Like, I'm That's working. Awesome. Like it's just. That's a good testament to you guys, puts, man, and yeah. where your heart and soul is at. It's your faith in people, eh? Yeah, and it, like it really, like it's really touching. It's it's very it's very humbling, but. Mm. Um, but it's also a testament to your the community why. that you've built and the yeah. work that you've done. You know that wouldn't just happen exactly. like overnight. Mm. No, like we had a we had a lady come down. This is a few quite a few years ago now. She came down on Sunday and she she rocked up to train. She had this beautiful boxer, so she's rocked up and she walked over to Cat um, and you know paid her money and she walked over to Cat and she's like, "I lost my husband on Friday." Mm. Yeah, right. Like, what? It's like, well, why are you here? She's like, I had to come out. Yeah, this is my to, community. Yeah, I need to hang out. Yeah. No, wow, well, like, man. That sort of thing means a lot, you know, it's like beautiful. that's crazy. Yeah. 100%. It's, it's cool. It's, it's so cool. So, exactly. yeah, we're really lucky with the community we have and, mm. and what we've what we've cultivated and, and the people that we attract too, right? So, mm. yeah, exactly. we're super lucky. No, sure. It's you know, it's a, as as we've been saying, you know, it's um, it's a, it's an extension from where you guys have started and why you started in the first place, and you'll see that as a reflection of it. So that's that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. What, what are you guys doing with your clients now? Are you giving them like what advice have you been giving them? Or like online you give stuff them? or, <clears throat> um, mate. In all honesty, I think I've been bloody terrible um at keeping <laughs> keeping up on uh, on our clients. Like we put yeah. some stuff on um on our Facebook page, but. 
uh, I've really like I've really struggled with that. I've yeah. reached out to a lot of people and just sort of said, you know, hey, mate, how are you going? Is everything all right? Anything we can do? Um, but I, it, it's actually something I've kind of struggled with. Yeah, I've I've struggled with just the online connection. I ha- I mm. don't feel that at, I don't feel that it's the best way to do mm. it. It's not the same. Um, it's difficult, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Like it's I enjoy people, um, and I enjoy the group classes that that I do run. Like I love those. So doing something online has been really hard. Um, yeah. What I have done is I've I've uh, developed an online training course which has gone really well. That's been awesome. One of our clients um, jumped on this Facebook page and it's all about uh, tricks, so mm-hmm. teaching your dog tricks. And then she messaged all of our clients like, you know, jump on this page, you know, like you get a, a novice, an intermediate, an advanced and whatever, the, I can't remember, um, trick title, mm-hmm. right? And they messaged me and they're like, why don't you do it? I'm like, fuck yes. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to do that. So that's been something totally away from our business it's someone and that's else's available business. now as an online course my yeah my course is so yeah, I've, cool. got a, I've got a course which is um group class mastery nice but this but this tricks one is a lady like another lady's business okay. australian all-stars tricks or something like that um so all of our like our clients are going hey let's do something like let's train our dogs so we're all putting these videos up about dogs nice that to me is really cool. It's yeah. We don't have the thing of um, uh, you have to train with us, and if you want to go to another club, then fuck you. Mm-hmm. We sit there and go, go and see what they're doing. Yeah, like go. Like if you want to go and do rallyo, go and do rallyo. If you want to go and do ANKC, go and do that. If you want to go and do tricks, go and do that. You know, like mm. this is what we do. Yeah. Um. But they all they all come back and they all train with us. So this whole tricks thing that we've been doing um, online because it's just online stuff uh, through a Facebook page, like that's been awesome. But in regards to looking after my clients, like, man, I think to be honest, I've been pretty shit with it. (laughs) That's right. Well, if any of them are listening, I'm sure, you know, that they they love you and support you and they're probably going to be listening to the episode. So what advice would you give everybody that's in lockdown or even are in difficult times? What should people be doing if they are limited with social exposure and leaving the house and things with like dogs, that. yeah, where what should they be yeah. doing with their dogs? I, I think doing something like just, just trick training, just playing mm. around with tricks is mm. awesome. Mm. Yeah, because you can't, as you're teaching your dog, like you, there shouldn't be frustration because mm-hmm. the dogs are learning new things and it and it should just be fun. And the yeah. trick can be anything, right? Like, um, I, I taught uh, my Malinois to go over we've got these doggy doorbells and they're like the button's about this big on them the big yellow button and then the doorbell has like 40 different like ringtones like it's happy birthday or it's like all these stupid different random songs that it plays so i taught her to you know one of the things was go over and press the button so she'd go and do that um I've taught her to uh, to lie down and roll over, which is the slowest thing you've ever seen in your life. But, <laughs> like, so it was just all of these new things just to teach. And yeah, love it. that's the whole thing of the relationship. Like we're really big on um, on the relationship that you have with your dog. So mm-hmm. Kat talks about it as dating and dogs. And I think that's a really, really good way to put it, where if you're out with your dog, are you – 
invested in what's happening right now with your dog or are you walking along the street like you know on your phone not caring about your dog you know mm-hmm. those sorts of things that's so, my bugbear yeah yeah so spend that time with your dog like but make it make it fun yeah and don't put pressure on like mm-hmm. that was the whole thing in regards to this trick training stuff it's like don't put pressure on you on yourself and don't put pressure on your dog like just have some fun and just learn yeah. something new, you know, like teach your dog something new. And it could be something super basic. It might be sit pretty. Yeah. It could be the peasy, right? So teach that. But there's a lot of ways to teach dogs tricks. So do that. Just have fun with them. I think that that certainly helped me. And then Perfect. filming it. Yeah. You know, like just filming the stuff that you're doing. Um, I th- we talk about it all the time of filming, like film a training session, film a training session, film a training session. Mm-hmm. And then I've done that a lot with dogs and then doing uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, <clears throat> um, start to film me doing jiu-jitsu and I'm yeah. like, oh, my God, that's terrible. Like, that's what I'm doing? I think what I'm looking hell? like an athlete, right? But <laughs> apparently I'm not. Oh, um, yeah. So Helio Gracie be the same with boxing, right? Like look at, look at how far your boxing has come. If you film a session of you hitting the bag and then you film it in three months' time or something, like it's going to be vastly different. Mm -hmm. So even with self-recognition too and also for um, self-improvement and like, yeah, to give yourself criticism. Mm. Yeah, and and doing that with with my dog training, I see just little things. I'm like, why are you doing that? I remember putting a video up a few years ago and uh, I can't remember what it was, but – I had puppy and I marked it and then I was feeding, right? And Pat Stewart messaged me. He's like, bro, why are you feeding and marking and marking at the same time? I'm like, not. He's like, you will. I'm like, fucking not, mate. Like, you go click and then food, right? He's like, watch your video. And I yeah. went, all right. I will. Oh, yeah. 100%. I'm like, food, yes. <laughs> exactly. So, like, like, but if you would ask me and Pat did, Mm. I'm like, mate, no the camera way. doesn't lie. Mm. Camera doesn't lie, right? So mm-hmm. it's these little things that can happen that you you're not aware of. But Same as the dog, bro. The dog doesn't like, lie. Huh. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Well, like you know, you, your your missus could be watching you do it, but or maybe you're not. Your missus is the dog trainer, but it, most other people that don't know the concepts and then they're looking, they go, it looks awesome and they're telling you it looks great, but from the trained eye or if it's your own eye, if you're training yourself, then it's good to look back. I used to record every, like most of my um, sessions, like some of my professional, like when I first started mm. um, um, dog training, I would record it and I tell people this is not even for like social media, this is just for myself. I would go back home and look at it, of course, for the technique-wise, but also I'm like, oh, did I really say that like that to that person? <laughs> What an asshole am I? Dickhead. So how, do you, how do you know that? Because you're in the middle. Like, hey, stop it. What's wrong with you? I, I'll say something like that. And I'm like, oh, my God, I shouldn't say that. So, um, but, yeah, you should be able to look back on yourself. And, and, that's, and that can make the training a little bit more fun. If you are at home and you're bummed mm. out because you can't leave one hour a day of walking, it's ridiculous. And, um, yeah. and yeah. But to do that may bring a bit more spice to your training. So that's pretty good advice, man. I think it's um – do, just do something with your dog that you enjoy, and yeah. it might be just getting up, getting up in the morning and sitting on the back deck and having a having a coffee with your dog. Just do yeah. that, yeah. You know, but yeah. make it about the relationship mm. that you're having with your dog. You know, so remember yeah, why I, I you think, love them. Yeah, remember why you got them. Yeah, right? 
And, exactly. and I think also remember why you got them and, and remember what it is that you wanted to do with this dream dog, right? Mm. Before you get your dog, what is it? I want to take my dog everywhere and go to the beach. It's like, well, mm-hmm. cool. Start to work towards having Exactly. Yeah, I love that. That's good. I think oh, that's bro. important. That really is good. awesome. Well, it's been an awesome convo, man. Is there any last last things you want to put tell out the people there? where we where they can find you? So it's the canine company, eh? Yeah, so that canine company, letter K number nine. Um, obviously on all the all the socials and that sort of thing. Um, I'm on Instagram, so Brent Dry Dog Trainer. Um, I'm also on Facebook, uh, just Brent Dry. So I don't do a lot of Facebook friend things, but um, Instagram, jump on there for sure. Um, I've got my course, which you can see on the website. So the canine company, if you go to the video page of that, it's called Group Class Mastery, and there's two parts to it. So the first part is I've done it for pet dog trainers, so you can just learn how to train. Learn how we train dogs. Um, Tiger Woods, who's who's obviously an amazing golf player, he brought out a book years ago, and it was called How I Play Golf. Mm-hmm. and people are sitting there and going, that's not a golf tutorial book. He's like, no, no, it's how I play golf. Yes. Right? It's, yeah. it's not technically perfect, but this is how I do it. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of the basis of, of the course. Like this is how we train dogs in a group class setting. Nice. <laughs> um, and then the other part of that is I did a professional page or a professional video for people who would like to actually learn how to run group classes. Um, and I go through all of that. So I break down, um, you know, how we started our, our, our group classes, what you need, you know, things to think about, what equipment, you know, and all of those sorts of things as well. So I've had some really cool feedback on the, um, on those from a couple of people, especially uh, a few overseas, which has been really nice. So, well, bro, you just sold it, yeah. and when I'm getting yeah. home, I'm I'm buying I'm buying the course, man. Hundred it percent, it's fucking it's, it's good. I'm re- I'm really proud of it, and we use I use my puppy, so I use I use puppy, yeah, um, and I also used Mr. Smith, who was a puppy, right? So <laughs> nice. I started filming. That's so legit. Was, you you know, filmed it with a dog in the process of actually learning stuff, not like having yeah. a dog that already knew stuff. And then was like, this is how you do it. But the dog mm. already knows it. Yeah. And, and you see, like you see the, the ones, you know, like for instance, teaching him how to drop, you see the ones where he's like the shit ones. Well, I, yeah. I don't know how to follow yeah. a lure. I'm yeah. not sure what you're doing, you know? So, yeah. and then you see how we deal with those sorts of things. So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm proud of it. I'm, I'm really That's awesome, man. Sounds awesome. The other, the other thing for, uh, for me, is I've also learned a little bit about video editing, so yeah, that's awesome. been handy through all this. It's a good skill to have, bro. <laughs> Legit, it's been fun. Totally. Well, bro, it's been a freaking awesome conversation, and it's um, good to get to know you a little bit deeper as well. And I um, hope everyone that's listening is enjoying the the episode. So, um, so yeah, so go check out the Canine Club. Um, did I just say the, the canine, canine company? Sorry, the canine company. <laughs> Pretend I didn't even say that. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Sunday afternoon, but um, no, man, lots of love to you and to Kat and um, keep up the good work and stay strong in these hard times, you know, and if you need a brother to talk to, you got two right here. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Um, I've been listening. I've been binging actually over the last week while I've been working Um, and you guys have put out some really, really good episodes. I really enjoyed the one with Scotty McGuinness. Oh, yeah. Um, that was that was excellent, but awesome. some of the ones where you guys are hanging out and talking, like I've really enjoyed them. It's so, funny actually when you mentioned thanks, before bro. talking about um, 
you know, focusing on on like just having fun in terms of like trick training and stuff with your dog. That when you said that, it 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 reminded me of when we were talking to Scotty and he was talking about how, you know, they they, they teach people to just like hang out and just like train your dog while you're just having a beer kind of thing. And it's like, yeah. you know, keep it. I guess it's that like kiss principle. You know, keep it simple. Like mm-hmm. the 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 program that you can adhere to is the better is. The, the sort of less than perfect one that you will actually do is better than the perfect one that you never do. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, so bring yeah. it down to a level where people can actually um, get amongst it and, and yeah. get their, sink their teeth into it. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. And that's, mm. I think that's one of the cool things that Scotty's actually brought to the industry. Um, and I know you guys kind of spoke pretty in depth on, on that podcast with Scott mm. where you're talking about, uh, his trick stuff that he does and, you know, the film editing and all that sort of stuff, like his social media uh, work that he puts out, is it's very, very well done. It's really yeah, it's awesome. creative and it's colourful and it's bright. So um, I, th- I think that's one of the things with podcasts like this, uh, getting the information out, it's starting to become really accessible. So there's no excuse for people to, to not be learning new stuff. Mm. And then, you know, with the stuff that you guys are putting out, you know, we have the opportunities to learn from you guys. And Luke, I'm interested to follow your journey over the next few few months and that sort of thing and uh, see how you end up in the dog world because it's, mm. a, it's a good place to be, man. Like if a lot of people bag it, but if you Fuck use em. it for good, the same with social media, use it for good, man. Yeah, it's a, exactly. It's a freaking cool place. It's, fu- it's funny, you know, we're talking about um, filming stuff. I've been filming everything that I'm doing with the Labrador. So, not so much like I'm teaching him the complex skill and that's a really a game of millimeters. So, I'm not – I film some of that stuff but – um, the owner was telling me like she had an incident at the at the dog park. Surprise, surprise. Um, the, you know, he, he he actually it was him. He tends to take off a bit, especially with male dogs. He sometimes he has a bit of a, a thing anyway. So he's basically he had no recall. So we've been teaching him a recall and just working on the long line and doing stuff like that. Um, and I've got um, I've got like a chest rig GoPro, so I don't even have to hold it or have anyone to do it for me. So awesome. um, I've been filming some of that stuff, and and so there's a, there's a bit of content there that I'll I'll put out at some point. Yeah, man. Yeah, love to see it. That'd be great. That's awesome, man. Thanks for your compliments too, bro. It means a lot. Hey, I've enjoyed it. It's been really cool. That's nice cool, to bro. sit down with you guys, man. I really appreciate the invite to come on. And no, thank you for giving up for your Sunday, Arvo. Appreciate it. Maybe next time when you're allowed to leave your house, you can come over to when you're in Sydney or maybe when we're in Melbourne. Yeah. We can hang out in the flesh and have a drink in real life. Mate, I'd love it. Sounds perfect to yeah, me. Likewise. When seminars and that are back on, that'll be cool. Yeah, it'll be good times. Yeah. Bring oh, them back. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Can't wait. It'll, it'll happen. We'll be back. That's it, mate. Definitely. It's around the corner. You stay strong, bro. And um, good chat, man. Have a good night. Thanks, guys. See you, bro. Thank you for listening to another show of Life With Your Dog. Please like, rate and share if you're enjoying our podcast. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube. For all dog training videos, tips and techniques, visit nooches.com.au. Thank you and stay tuned for next time.